Hey, what's up everyone? Essen here from Century 21 Innovative Realty. Today I've got a special treat for you. I've got my friend and colleague, Mr. Eddie Doner uh, from Remax here, who's gonna help me do a uh, year in review recap for 2022. And we're gonna talk about the market, what happened last year, what were the market shifts, and we're also gonna kind of give you a little bit of a prediction or opinion of what we think is gonna happen in the following year, this year actually in 2023. So welcome, Eddie. Thanks for doing this, man. Thank really you, man. Thank it. you for having me. It's My pleasure, man. Yeah, we met actually times. in the studio, right? That's a couple right. of months ago that's doing the right. emerging program with uh, right. Jazz and their team. Yeah. And uh, that's where I met you. It was amazing to kind of get your perspective on things. Sure. And how long have you been in the business for right now? Been in the business for 15 years. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, yeah fantastic. going 16 this year. So yeah, nice, going strong, nice. going strong. Nice. I've been 12 years, so you're ahead of the game. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> we the got reason... almost 30 years combined experience in here. Absolutely, right that's here, crazy. man. But uh, thanks for coming on, man. The reason yeah. why I want to get you on was because you have the experience, you have the knowledge as to what's been going on in the market. We saw a lot of market shifts last year, of course. Yeah. And people have a lot of questions, like where is the market going? You know, what led to the market shift last year? What were some of the factors? So just to kind of give yeah. you guys a preamble as to 2022, so what I saw, Eddie will also explain as to what he saw. We saw the first couple of months really blow up with market sales, average price going up. And then as we saw the interest rates kind of creep in from the Bank of Canada, that's when things slowly started to change, right? And yeah. not sure if you noticed it, but right before the first change happened, the first rate happened, I kind of saw a little bit of a market shift already happening before that in February, yeah. where I was like, something's not right. Things are slowing down and the rates kind of accelerated that. So what did you yeah. see? What were some of the shifts and what was your recap for So dude, what year? I remember is like, it's like this. I remember talking to, to colleagues and friends yeah. and just for me, it just really smelled like 2017. <laughs> yeah. It really did. Right. I remember using that phrase, I'm like, it smells like 2017. I didn't know what was going to break or go wrong, right. but eventually something was going to happen. Right? right? It's usually some sort of interference, right? Because what we've had, it's a free market. In a free market, it's basic supply and demand. 100%. And right. you saw what had happened. It was a spiking up to levels that are unsustainable. And then there's some sort of interference. In 2017, we had government interference. In this case, it was more, there was Bank of Canada right. that raised the rates. So yeah, I agree with you. I've seen like in beginning of 2022, it was like the craziest time. But even since 2021, it was a progressive up, yeah. up, 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 up slope, right? We had, we had times, and I've, I've said this before, we had times that I couldn't book a showing. I don't know if you remember that, man. 100%, yeah, like you had a buyer, especially yeah. like in Durham region, like yeah. a first time home buyer, like that type of property on 800,000, yeah. you couldn't get a showing in. Right, like we'd literally, have to book in like 15 minute time slots sometimes, 15 right? minute even time that slots, was like yeah. hard to get. And then yeah. like within an, hour, within an hour of it being on the market, they were full. It was, it was full, yeah. And then yeah. you couldn't actually, like, there was a couple times that I couldn't technically get into the property. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, no, and then, yeah, and then once the rates, like I, I just felt that something was gonna happen. Yeah. You know, the government will kick in, will step in, and, and then it's usually, as soon as it happens, it starts going down fast, yeah. rapidly. And that's that's exactly what happened this year. Exactly, no, and that's that's perfect. Like, my audience always hears from me, so coming from you, it's kind of a fresh voice, yeah. a new perspective. But even going back beyond 2022, I think when COVID hit, yeah. the first element of surprise for me was, okay, the market's probably gonna go down a lot. Yeah. And it, the exact opposite happened. Yeah. And even though we're in the business, I think many of us were surprised, but what did you see were the reasons for that market to explode all the way? And then we'll get into 2022 as well. I think 2020, so the COVID thing, what happened is this. I, uh, 20, so what's, what happened in 2021, 2022 has been brewing since 2017. Right. Because the core issue, which is the supply 
chain for real estate, it's broken. There's not enough houses, too many immigrants coming in, too many people getting into the age of buying property, not enough properties being built, not enough properties for sale. So what happened in 2017, I think, and I said this before in the show, I think it's been a natural market. Yeah. Natural supply and demand, there's not enough supply, demand is high, pricing goes up. Government intervenes, people get fearful, they go on the fence and they, they, they decide not to buy. Right. Eventually people realize, well, you know what, I'm gonna get back into the market because I can't wait forever. They start buying and it starts doing this. Because before COVID, I remember January and February were some of my busiest months. Yeah. Like, you know, these were properties that back in 2019, so let's say September 2019, they had expired. People called me like in January right. to list them. I listed them and they were getting multiple offers selling for $200,000 more before COVID. So it's around February. Right. So it was already starting to, to do to this. To brew up, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, of course, it was a lockdown. It was that period of uncertainty. People didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Now we know, but back then we didn't know. So that put a halt, I guess, February, April is one of the lowest months, yeah, April lowest was, April's was recorded in history. There's a, a black yeah. April, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then I guess people just got comfortable with yeah. it because interest rates were really low. So they figured we're gonna go back to what we were doing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it was caused by COVID. It was yeah. already happening. I have proof of this. It was already getting super hot. Yeah. December, January, February was getting super, super hot. Stopped during COVID for a little bit and then people kept on doing what they it were doing. It just continued. And that's, that's, what that's I feel. kind of what I guess you mentioned that what kind of added fuel to the fire were the interest rates. Absolutely, because they the dropped it to nothing. They dropped it to nothing, and that's where people were kind of out in a frenzy. That buying frenzy happened. And now what we're seeing this year or last year is one of the reasons why the market shifted the way it did was because rates started to go back up again. Yep. And my philosophy has always been that, you know, rates going up is not a bad thing. But what happened was the rate, the, the, the speed of the rates going up it happened so fast, right? Yep. Where we saw... Yeah multiple uh, increases in the last you know six seven months um starting in march all the way down just to last uh, month as well yeah, yeah and the speed of that kind of caught everybody off guard so would you say that was probably the biggest factor in that market shift last year or were there other factors as well so <clears throat> biggest factor i think is always fear mm. right so you start hearing from your clients hey man like when is this going to drop right like you know you're getting price increase month over month, yeah. 100,000. It's not realistic. People yeah. start getting fearful, right? Right. That's kind of like the fire. They start being conservative. They don't want to get caught in a bad time. And then, the, you know, I guess what, what really lit it up was the interest rates, yeah. right? In this case, I think it's a legitimate concern. Right. Because back in 2017, it was government intervention. What did they really do? They banned right. foreign buyers, which is not a lot of them yeah, anyways. Yeah. So it was really like not a lot. It was like a right. fear tactic. But in here, it really did affect the pockets of people buying right. directly, yeah. right? Your affordability going from 2% interest rate to 6% yeah. is a direct impact. So I think that's what happened. I think you're right. Mm. That's the biggest thing. It's yeah. affordability was impacted, right? Yeah. So now the cost of borrowing is much higher than it mm. was two months ago, let's say. And the pricing has to forcefully come down, right? Right. Remember, we're also being stress tested. So even if people want to qualify for X amount of money, now your contract rate is six percent plus. You're being stressed at two percent higher. Yeah. It's yeah. very difficult to be qualifying for a mortgage. So I think all of these factors have really put downward pressure yeah. on the pricing. Number one, affordability is lower, so pricings actually have to come down naturally. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not going to sell. And then people get that fear that I talked about before, right? Yeah. It's uncertainty. Like how much higher are they going to go? Yeah. We, yeah. we get people asking us all the time, is it going to be like 20% like right. it was back right. in the 90s? Right. I wasn't I around in the 90s. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, it could. I yeah. guess it could. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. It could. I don't know. Right? Yeah, so yeah. that's what people think. So they put a hold on things. Yeah. And um, 
and then they take that wait and see approach that makes the pricing come down, number of sales come down. Yeah. And that's what you're seeing right now. Yeah, no, 100%. And I kind of observed the same thing in the market where it was a number of things led by interest rate hikes, obviously. Yeah. Then it was unaffordability. Even if you're a first-time homebuyer and you wanted to get in the market, what you qualified for was a lot less than what you would have gotten maybe a few months ago. Yeah. Right. So that put a strain on prices and demand as well. Um, then you have the fear, the uncertainty, right? And that's where the market kind of froze a little bit. Yeah. But what I did notice was... Um, in the second half of the year where the market dropped sharply. Um, and I think the reason for that was because when those rates changed, when yeah. that rate happened, you had a lot of buyers or sellers who had already bought a home, yeah. right? And now they had to sell in a market where people were uncertain. <sighs> and that's sucks, where yeah. the correction happened because that that's sucks. where sellers were now willing to sell their property at way below what they wanted because they had to get that money to fund their other home. Yeah. And so that three-month period, I would say from like March up until the July month, is where we saw a lot of panic sellers. Yeah. Well, some people didn't even close in their homes, actually. Yeah, that happened a lot. But after July, what I noticed, I'm not sure if you noticed that, July, August, September, October, the average sale price kind of stabilized. Yeah, it did. Yeah, although it was a lot lower than what it was in February, yeah. it kind of stabilized 10,000 up, 10,000 down. That's yeah. kind of what we saw. Um, the reason for that, in my opinion, was that number one, inventory is still low, right? not a lot of the houses out there for buyers. And secondly, those sellers that were panicked to sell before, that phase is gone. Yeah. Now we have people starting to sell at a more realistic price point. So I'm not sure if you saw that or if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I, you know what, I agree 100%. Yeah. I guess I hadn't considered the panic sales that, that, that yeah. happens 100%. And in reality, <laughs> I think that the expectations, you know, people, because you don't know when it's falling, you don't know how to catch it, right? right. Like you're, you're pricing, it's the same, it's, it works in the inverse. Yeah. Remember like when the market was really hot, you would just price this low yeah. and then let people bid up the price and that's market price, yeah. that's market value, right? When the market's dropping, let's say 2% weekly, right. then you don't know how to price a property because the 100%. comparable might say a million, but yeah. now it dropped 2% this week, so it's really 980. Yeah. So like it, it's kind of like that. So I think that by the summer, yeah. you know, late summer, early fall, people knew. Yeah. Like what the pricing yeah. was. There's no yeah, guessing. Right, yeah. Nobody was comparing it. Well, I guess realistic people yeah. weren't comparing it back to February. So they knew what the pricing was. Right. And you're right. Month over month, I think since since September, we're flat. Yeah. We saw even a slight increase in October, I believe it was. Yeah. And then negligible 0% change. Yeah. So month over month, based on what you and I were talking about and what we've seen, I guess we right. we're kind of at what you'd call the bottom as far as pricing because it hasn't been a negative change yeah. month over month. Right now, looking year over year, of course, there's a change because you had higher prices back uh, 12 months ago. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's definitely what I was uh, I've been seeing in the market. It's more realistic. Right. And feedback, just not to throw numbers at you guys, right? Like from my listings, you know, they sell pretty fast, and it's yeah. not a pitch. And yours too. Like if you price the property right, if the seller is realistic, right. You know, things will sell pretty. There's still a lot of buyers out there. Right? That's what I was going to ask you next. Yeah. Is that the the listings you have right now or the yeah. sales you're seeing? in the market, I think it still takes about 30, 35 days, which is not bad at yeah, all if you yeah. price it right. That's what I've been noticing. Yeah. So when people say, is it a good time to sell? Well, the question is, you know, is it gonna sell? Yes, it is gonna sell 100%. if you price it right. Yeah. Are you gonna get what you got back in February, March? You're not gonna get that, but you'll still get, you know, what the market value is now because there is still demand out there, even though sales have dropped by 50%. Yeah. I think there's still buyers out there looking and there's not much inventory out there to be honest with you guys. And that's on there, yeah. like if you, you're, you, to your point, they're not gonna get what you were getting back in February, yeah. but most sellers are buyers. Yeah. So they're not yeah. gonna be buying back. So like right. the trade-off is the same. I right. tell my clients this 
all the time. If you're upsizing, if you're downsizing, or if you're just getting rid of one investment to do the other, yeah. who cares? Yeah. Because you're going to be buying. For sure. The only sure. people that are sore right now are people who had the idea to sell back in February yeah. and exit the market completely. Then, yeah, it's, it's not the best situation compared yeah. to back then. But you can also wait. That's one thing that right. I, like I've talked about before. Like If you don't have to sell, I do think that we're going to see, in fact, I know, and you yeah. know this as well, that we're going to see a bounce back up in pricing. So yeah. if you can hold on to a property for three, four more years, yeah. you're going to be making hundreds of thousands of dollars more than potentially selling right now. So if you don't have to sell, don't sell. But if you're going to switch properties, which is what most people do right. anyways, then who cares, right? You're selling a little bit lower, but you're buying less. Yeah. And to your point, to your question, I do see that properties that are priced well, they sell. Yeah. Like over the holidays, we were busy, we were making deals happen and and we felt pressure, right? right? Because right. if I, I price a property, it was well-priced and there were a lot of it, there was a lot of interest, it sold fairly fast in less than 30 days, close to the asking price because it was priced where it should be. Mm. And we were representing buyers for condos that were listed higher, they were overpriced. But right. as soon as the, the price drop happened, to the right point, you know, my buyer it's, came in with an offer and two other yeah. offers came in. Yeah. So like if it's priced well, yeah. the demand is there, the buyers are out there. Yeah, so the, it's not like the market is completely frozen. There is demand yeah. out there, even though it's dropped. Yeah, It's all about the pricing around. So that's one thing that we would recommend to our sellers is that if you are selling, price it right. You know, the average right now is 30 to 35 days when the homes are selling, which is fairly good. And like we said, we're probably not gonna get what you got in February, but you'll still get a decent price according to market value now. So just to kind of <clears throat> run some numbers for you, I did some stats and yeah. looking at it from the peak of the market to now, you know, what have values dropped by? And it's really interesting, right? So you had February, which was the top most, yeah. and then you can say November, December, this is where the prices kind of came down at the lowest. And what I saw was about 22% drop yeah. from that peak. So that correction is already taking place. Yeah. Now, I guess what most buyers, are asking right now is, is it gonna go down even more, you know, going 2023? Is it a good time to buy? And you can share your thoughts. My answer has always mm. been that it really depends on the situation, right? I'll give you an example. Like we had a investor client of mine that just bought a property a couple of days ago. Yep. And we had a very frank conversation. We said that, you know what, he asked me, you know, I wanna buy the property, it's a great deal. It's 20% below market value, what I got in February, but I think it's gonna go down five or 10% more, should I still buy it? And I said, look, if you're playing the long game, right, it might not be a bad idea to buy the property now because things, one thing I know is that in Toronto, things can change at a dime, right? We don't know when things are gonna go. By the time yeah. these guys, you and I know, because yeah. you feel it, right? right? We're in and out on the <clears> trenches, <throat> but by the time you guys hear about this, yeah. It's already too late. The market's already shifted. Yeah. It's already going yeah, up. Like exactly. You're, like it's, 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 it's too fast, as you Things said. Things change. And yeah. so my advice to him was, look, even if you were to get this property, let's say 20000 less next month, I think it's still a good buy because there's value in other things. For example, right now we can do an inspection. We're doing an inspection tomorrow, yep. which last year we might have not been able to do that. Correct. Right? Uh, we get to do our financing. We yep. get to do our proper visits. Everything yep. is there. So that may not seem valuable in terms of money, but it's value in terms of peace of mind, which I think is 100%. instrumental. So if it's, is it a good time to buy? It depends. If you want to wait, by all means, do wait if you think it's going to go down even longer. But I think you and I can both agree is that never take yourself out of the market. Always keep a pulse on yes. the market. Get yourself out there. At least look at properties. You don't have to buy a property today, tomorrow, or even next month. But if you find a deal, then you might want to pull the trigger because that deal might not be there in a couple of months later on, right? hundred uh, percent. So I think it's this, right? So 
the only people that really should be waiting to buy yeah. is the person who, and nobody does this anyways, because even people who have a million dollars in cash are going to use a mortgage because yeah. that's the principle of leverage. Right. Why would you dump a million dollars if you can dump 200000 But if you're a cash buyer, then you can really play to speculate, yeah. right? Because the only reason that pricing will go, the only reason pricing went down and the only reason it would continue to go down is if the rates go <coughs> higher. Yeah. So for your investor client, if he's putting 20% down, right, yeah. he's getting 80% that's going to be leveraged by the bank. So if the rate goes up 1%, yeah. that's going to be less affordable for him. Right. So even though he could get the property cheaper, yeah. he's going to be paying the bank more in interest. True. So it makes yeah. no sense. It makes no difference, right? Yeah. Now, if he's a cash buyer and he's putting that million dollars out of his pocket, yeah. right, and the pricing drops 5%, then yeah. it's significant there for him. Go. He's saving 50,000 yeah. bucks. So sure, but it's super hard to time. Yeah. Most investors yeah. are really going to be using, you know, some sort of financing anyways. Yeah. So yeah, if pricing is going to drop, sure, yeah. but then you're going to pay more money yeah. for it. Uh, in interest. So it's kind of a catch 22. Yeah. And again, right now we know we can qualify for a property, right? right? In three, four, five months, what if his situation changes? What if yeah. that investor is self employed and he hasn't had the best start to the year? Mm. And when they ask for six months bank statements, yeah. he might not be able to qualify. Right. So it's just a matter of opportunity. I feel I, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Whenever I advise investors or first time home buyers, I say if you can qualify, yeah. if the property makes sense, it suits your needs. It's a long-term play, then there's no reason to be waiting. Yeah. I, I, I personally, I've never regret any property that I bought. Right. And I bought in the peak of 2017. Yeah. So yeah. I bought right in the peak of 2017 yeah. and overpriced property, people said. I, I don't regret it. Like it's worth yeah. double. That, yeah. You know, yeah. Still. So and it, I think it, if, it, if it suits your family, your needs, yeah. <clears throat> then you know, look at it, evaluate it closely and, and ask yourself if it's the right property to buy. And if it is, you know, don't be afraid to pull the trigger. Also do your due diligence. Now, moving on to <clears throat> 2023, uh, this year right now that we're in, I guess, where do you see the market going? Like, what's the year? I, I know we don't have a crystal ball, but yeah. like, your opinion, you know, you being on the grounds, what, what are you seeing? What's your opinion overall? I'm, I'm seeing renewed consumer confidence. I'm seeing first-time home buyers. You know, it's difficult because the rates being higher than they were before. I'm not going to say yeah. the rates are high because, you know, you're a numbers guy, and you know, statistically, 6% is not a high rate, yeah. right? So we yeah, don't have high rates yeah. historically, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's common, it's average what we yeah. had, but you know, rates being higher than what we've been accustomed for the last five years, it makes buyers more tentative and it's difficult for them to qualify. Right. It's affordability again, right? So, I, but I do see first time home buyers entering the market yeah. a lot. They're taking that opportunity because right. rents are so high. A one bedroom has gone year over yeah. year, 24%. Exactly. So yeah. it's, who are you gonna pay it to? Am I gonna yeah. pay it to you? I'm gonna pay it to myself right. and pay my own mortgage. So I think a lot of people are taking that approach. Right. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna pay 6% as yeah. opposed to paying 100% to my landlord. Right. So I do see renewed interest in that in that regard. So a lot right. of first time home buyers are entering the market. Um, I do think it's still unaffordable in a sense that the stress test is making it difficult for them to qualify. Yeah. I think that if we're, we're already at 6%, <laughs> I don't think there's a need for us to have a stress test of an additional 2%, yeah. unless the bank plans on raising the rates to 10%, which yeah. I don't think it's gonna happen. So I do see that there's definitely a renewed interest in that. I feel that the number of sales being at 50% of what they were, because yeah. that's what, the, what it's gone down, I think we're probably gonna start seeing an uptick in that because yeah. more people are getting confident in buying. But I also don't think that unless the interest rates come down yeah. drastically, I don't think we're gonna see a spike in price yeah. that we saw. Right. I think this year is gonna be probably pretty similar to what 2018 was. And if you remember, right. 2018 was a pretty yeah. flat year. Right, price increase was maybe like one percent, two percent for the whole year. Yeah. It didn't go down. Right, like the bottom it was, was really flat. 2010, pretty yeah. flat. 
while that consumer confidence starts to come back up. Yeah. And then you saw what happened in 2019. It started going up towards the end, and then 2020 yeah. was crazy. So I think we're going to look at a pretty similar five-year cycle. Right. Because if you compare the numbers of 2017 to 2022, I mean, they're pretty, they're, pretty identical. They're pretty yeah, close. Yeah. Like, you, you know, just one, just different fuel, yeah. different things started it, but they were pretty similar I always, I always look back at 2017 as well as like a litmus test because, yeah. you know, <clears throat> when I was in the market for, in the, in the industry, that was my first down market. Yeah, yeah. And so that was a learning curve for me. Yeah. So when 2022 happened, it was very eerily similar to 2017. Similar. And so we saw 2018, which I think will resemble 2023, where things will be really so. flat. There might be price growth or price drop of 10,000 plus minus yeah. here and there. Yeah. Uh, the only, I would say, factor right now, I think it's gonna be the interest rates where it looks like we're kind of at the end of that rate hike cycle, but now with the news that came out with the job growth and that exceeded expectations, starting to hear rumblings about interest rates going up again in January. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Now, after that, if the rates don't go up and if they come down after a recession, then I think that's gonna keep prices flat. You know, if the Bank of Canada just goes berserk and goes, you know, 7%, 8%, which I don't think they will, and I hope they don't, but if they do, then then that could probably have a detrimental impact on I prices. I think so. I think so. But I guess it's kind of a wait-and-see approach, right? And, yeah. and I think people are already struggling now. I always said, even in my last podcast, was that the rate impact has had a financial strain on people, but I think what the Bank of Canada has to consider is also the social impact yeah. on people and families because what's happening now is that people are spending more time at work over time, uh, less time with their families, less extracurricular activities, and it's resulting in unhappiness in the general idea and peace of mind of people, right? Which is gonna impact people severely. So aside oh, from yeah. financial, I think social development, social impacts is gonna be there too. So that's two factors I think we have to consider, or the bank has to consider before raising rates again. So I really hope that this is it, but I guess we're gonna wait and see and see what yeah, happens. Well, I hope right? they consider yeah. it, because I honestly, not to be negative, I don't think they even care. Like yeah. they're gonna do what yeah. they're gonna yeah. do whatever yeah. their numbers are telling them to right. do, and yeah, like if let's we can't you're very blunt with it. You can't be yeah. naive. Yeah. Interest rate continue to rise to double digits. People are gonna be in a lot of trouble. Right. You gotta keep in mind a lot of people got a fixed rate five years ago. Yeah. Now they're gonna at two percent, two and a half percent. Now they're gonna be renewing at six. percent They're gonna renew exactly. Right? What do they have to renew at eight yeah. percent? Yeah. It's gonna be pretty insane, right? Yeah. Refinance is no longer an option yeah. because the rates are high. So of course it's going to be, have a lot of a lot of implications. Yeah. But that's one of the things too. Like going back into the, um, how can you safeguard from this, yeah. right? So when I <laughs> when I take a client on, and I know I know you do the same thing. I'm looking at the affordability for it, right? Because right? you know what, in a peak market, an investor can get super excited and they want to pick up yeah. five six properties. Yeah, spreading themselves too thin. Right. You always have to see like what's the worst case scenario. Can yeah. you pay for it, right? Exactly. So a lot of a, a lot of buyers I feel are okay. Yeah. Because they didn't buy to the top of their pre qualification. They're yeah. still fine. Yeah. They're still up, right? They can still make their monthly payments happen, right? Right. It sucks, yeah, but you know they have to do it. But yeah, there's gonna be those people that are spread way too thin. They yeah. bought at the peak of the market houses they shouldn't have been buying exactly because they yeah. couldn't afford it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Thinking interest rates are gonna be at two percent forever. Yeah. Those people are definitely already feeling it. And if the, the bank squeezes more and puts the interest rates higher, it's gonna yeah. be just super complicated. Yeah. And yeah. it sucks, right? But I think yeah. overall, I think the picture looks positive if it doesn't go up to yeah. to to ridiculous amounts. Exactly, exactly. So I think just to kind of segue into the next topic here, um, kind of talking about what you were talking about right now about the long-term perspective. And I was looking at just population growth in the last few years. And I think just right now, recently the news was that 
400,000 or something like that? Yeah, yeah. 431,000 uh, people in 2022. Where the hell are they going to live? Exactly. And that's, that's, that's the, the crisis that we're facing is that yeah. we're trying to fill a labor shortage, which is why we need everyone to come. Correct. But we're not keeping up with the supply of homes. Correct. And so when I always talk to my clients, I say, if you're investing, you know, it's always better to look at it from a long-term perspective. If you're playing the long game, it's almost a guarantee or a lock that prices will go up eventually. And even if they don't, yeah. principal recapture, you That's have, the best you, thing. You know, tenants paying your mortgage. So it will look good. And looking at these stats right now, you know, in 2023, they're expecting 465,000 people. 2024, 500, no, 2024, uh, 485,000. And 2025, 500,000 people. Half a million people, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Right? And, and when I looked at the job growth that happened last, uh, last month, you know, I would say 41,000 people of the 104,000 jobs that were opened up or created came to Ontario. So that's almost about 35%, give or take. So that means a lot of people will come to GTA when they move to Canada. And this is yeah. only PRs. We're, we're also, there's students, right? And a lot of people there's migrate to migrate, other parts and exactly. then they'll come back to the, yeah. they'll come to the GTA. They it's just find their, on, they land somewhere yeah. else. But yeah, that's what I find. Like a lot of them coming yeah. from Winnipeg here exactly. all the time. All so the time. There's, a, there's a lot more than the 431,000 people that are coming. There's also students, there's work permit people, a ton, a ton of people that are going to be selling in Canada for the next 10, 15 years. So let me ask you, so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a good business to be a landlord, no? 100%. You have yeah. customers year-round. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you right? had to look at it that way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So those are the advantages. Obviously, we discussed the negatives of the market as well with the rates going on right now and the challenges. You know, all I would say is that if you are, you know, a landlord and if you have a property and you're getting negative cash flow, you know, the first advice I give to my clients is that see if you can hold on, like you said. Yeah. And for at least a year. After a year, reevaluate. Now, obviously, if you're in a cash crunch, then you got to sell. But if you can hold on, then I think it's going to be a benefit for the long run, um, and you should be okay. Any um, last thoughts about you know what's going to happen or what's you know what are you experiencing in the market personally? Well, what you... last thought because yeah. you brought like you know you uh, sparked a thought in me. Like yeah. the main issue right now that landlords are facing is yeah. not really the interest rates, right? Yeah. It's the fact that we have a, a broken system that's not being addressed by anybody right yeah. now, which is the the landlord tenant board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah. personally <laughs> think it. Yeah, it's not fair. Yeah. There's there's hundreds, literally hundreds, guys, hundreds of landlords right now. Yeah. That have tenants that are not paying rent. Right. And they can't evict that tenant because they have to go through the process of getting a hearing yeah. and a hearing's taking a year to go. Yeah. So when, when, whoever's watching this, well, like, where the, the government of Ontario, well, what are you guys doing? Yeah. You know, That's you shouldn't disaster. be concerned really yeah. at this point with the interest rates. You should be concerned about fixing this because it's not fair. Right. It's costing you guys money. It's having hundreds of landlords that the interest rates are already gone up. So the pricing for them month to month is higher right. and they're not getting a single dollar worth of rent. Now, you're going to have a bunch of evictions happening in the next 12 to 16 months that are backdated. These are yeah. going to be, this is a broken system. That's the biggest concern for a landlord. Yeah. That's actually my biggest fear when I buy a rental property. It's like, you know what? Is this going to be the property where I get screwed over? Right. And I'm going to have to wait 12 months for it to happen? Yeah. It wasn't like that before. This is yeah. post-pandemic. Before, every year you hear about bad tenants, but in the worst yeah. case scenario, I'm talking from experience. I've been doing this for a while with investment properties. Worst case scenario, five, six months. Yeah. If you, you know, if once you acted. There was a note. Yeah. Exactly. Now yeah. you're looking at yeah. about 18 months. Yeah. People are really, landlords are really trapped yeah. in their own property so i right. think that's the main that's the main area that, that that really triggers and i think there should be more discussion about that because yeah. a lot of people don't know what's going on I, i'd recommend you and your your audience to to yeah. visit ontario landlord forums and you can yeah. see the real the real pain a lot of yeah. landlords are facing and for the for, for the flip side tenants as well there's a yeah. lot of good tenants that are 
yeah. trapped in horrible landlords' homes, yeah. and they can't get a hearing. Yeah. Right? They're yeah. living in places they shouldn't be living, but they, yeah. you know, the landlord take advantage of that. And there's so I think the problem is that the, that system is broken. Right. And there needs to be a lot more money coming in yeah. to kind of get rid of that backlog because it's unacceptable. Yeah. It's unacceptable for people to be living for free. They are gonna be if you look at the foreclosures, and I've seen them, a lot of the foreclosures that you've seen are power of sales coming in. Right. You see they're tenanted. Yeah, and I can guarantee yeah, you yeah. it's because a tenant hasn't paid rent. Right, right. Yeah. Guarantee you. And, and they need to get out, right? The they need to get out. out. People, the bank's going to foreclose it. So yeah. that, that's it. And, th- and the, the way the tenancy laws are in place right now yeah. is that you cannot get rid of that tenant until right. you get a hearing. Exactly. Which is fine. It's fair. You shouldn't yeah. be able to just grab you and, hey, get out of here. Because yeah. that opens up for abuse and other things. So I know why the laws are in place yeah. the way they are. It's the backlog. Yeah, it's but the, backlog. the hearing should happen fast. Yeah. It should it's be speed. You know, like this is... The government's not behind collecting my taxes. I'm sure they're they're, they're charging yeah. me on time. 100%. I had to, I had to yeah. file and pay right away. <laughs> yeah, if I'm yeah, late, I'm going to get that call. Yeah. So why is it appropriate for the for, for other mechanisms right. like this to be broken and backlogged yeah. when the CRA is not? Yeah, no, 100%. Tells you what their priorities yeah. are. Well, I hope someone's listening to that. You know, yeah. Hopefully someone catches one of this video and, and, and sees that. Um, but thanks for those thoughts. Uh, I think we did a, we did a decent job of covering the market as yeah, best we yeah. could. Thank you for uh, your tips and values uh, there. Um, before we leave, I want to ask you a few personal questions. Let's yeah. kind of have some fun as okay. well on this podcast. I want to ask you, what's the favorite uh, movie you've ever watched or TV show? Favorite movie? Favorite yeah. TV show? Okay, so favorite movie, Fight Club? It can't be real estate related. No, no, yeah, 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 Fight Club. I, I yeah. love Fight I'm a big Fight Club yeah. fan, or was. I don't okay. watch that many movies now, but yeah. yeah. Fight Club and favorite TV show, uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking 100%. Bad, okay. I still haven't yeah. watched How that. How about yours? Mine, uh, I have a few. I've got Seinfeld, which I watched okay, on yeah, reruns. Good. Nice and light. Uh, Stranger Things was good. That's, I saw that recently. I saw some of it, yes. And uh, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I oh, yeah. Star Wars. I'll watch. Uh, I've that's... never watched Star Wars. Yeah, you guys never, I never in my life, you know? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those. So that's me. Um, How I Met Your Mother. I love that yeah, show. Yeah, that, that I saw a few years oh, ago. What's your uh, favorite place to travel? Uh, Switzerland. Okay. Switzerland's my favorite, the most beautiful nice. destination, like, you know, it's the most scenic destination yeah. I've ever been. More calm. Oh, nice. I think Switzerland is, is yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's. I'll check that place out one day. That's on my bucket list too. Yeah. You should. How about yours? Uh, for me, um, I just came back from Turkey, so that was amazing. I heard it's beautiful. Um, been to uh, the Middle East and Dubai, which is nice. Nice. I want to go. <clears> I think there. our next <clears throat> goal is going to be to go to New Zealand, which nice. is uh, the home of the Lord of the Rings, which I'm a big fan yeah. of as well. So I'll yeah. check that out. Um, I hate those long flights though, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I get so impatient. Like, you guys can probably see me here fidgeting, moving back. I get so impatient. Yeah, that yeah, I'm not the best on flights. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. And I yeah. can't sleep. Yeah. I cannot sleep I'm, on I'm not airplane. a sleeper on a plane either. I'm I not a sleeper. Yeah. You know, like it's just yeah. I cannot sleep. If I'm not yeah. laying down, I can't sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I envy yeah. those people. I turn around yeah. and overnight flight. I'm seeing this guy sleeping, yeah. this girl sleeping, <laughs> and I just envy that. I can't do With that. With my height, I'm 6'3". It's, it's tough for me to even sit I'm, on the show. I'm, I'm compact. I'm built for it. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. can't do it. I don't know. <laughs> awesome. Last question is, what's the best piece of advice someone ever gave you? You know what? I, I'm not, I'm not, like, the, what comes to mind right now yeah. is in our industry, right? I feel that the best piece of advice I can, I, I, can, I can remember right now, probably I don't know who gave it to me, could have even yeah. been jazz, could have been somewhere like you just pick it up. It's just yeah. trying to be very authentic, yeah. especially when you're creating content, when you're, when, right. when you're dealing with clients, people yeah. smell through fakeness, yeah. right? So I try, I try to come as I am, right. and I know you do as yeah. well. Yeah. So I think that was the best thing that I could ever awesome. hear, giving permission to be yourself. Yeah. That's really, really good in business, and that way you yeah. deal with people that match your energy, yeah. and you get rid of those that don't, and that's yeah, fine. So sure. I think you live a much happier life within your business. So I think Maybe. right now, yeah. I'm probably sure that's not the best. There's more deeper things that have been said to me, 
but for now, what I can remember the first thing Whatever that comes to mind is that, now, right? that's relevant right mind. now. So that's, that's what I can that's think what of. It's like applying. being authentic yeah. and, and being yourself. I think that's that's yeah. that's pretty cool. So how about you, man? Before, like, what's what's the best advice somebody gave you? Uh, so the best advice that uh, someone gave me, where I read, was that um, the person who never gives up um, can never be beaten. So Sorry. if you always have a never give up attitude, you know, one or the other, you're going to figure things out, and and you're going to win. So that's something I live by as well. And also just do unto others what you'd want them to do to you yeah, as well. Yeah, that's, that's right? actually, so yeah. That's something that that's, I always, yeah, always really uh, live yeah. by as well. But yeah. I think that's some good wisdom to end the podcast. That's so right, I appreciate man. it, man. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for We'd having me. We'd love to have you on again great. one day. Absolutely. Right? Talk yeah, about absolutely. market and stuff in general. It's been fun and, yeah. and wishing you all the best this year. Wishing your audience thank you. thank all you. the best as well. And Eddie does a lot of content as well on the side. So we'll have his information down as well. Oh, thank you. Check thank him out you. on Instagram, on uh, Facebook as well and that you'll be in for a treat. So thank you guys and see you in the next episode.